Welcome back to This Is You, a podcast by Dennis Wick, and I'm your host, Mary Galimi. We're back after a short COVID-19 quarantine break, and you know, as I had time in that month of quarantine to think, I was thinking one of the worst things about COVID-19 is just about everything. But in reflection, one of the silver linings that I've seen is while as our normal activities were called to a halt, there was this outpouring of philanthropy, empathy, learning, new skills, discussion, connection that we saw splashed across social media. Now, a couple months later, we're in the new norm. What does that look like? Our old is mingled or been replaced by the new. And what happens to the philanthropy, new skills and discussion that we saw during quarantine? Defining the new norm for musicians is what we'll be focusing on in the next few weeks, and we'll be looking at it from a couple different angles. This week, I've invited Arnetta Johnson and Kevin Wood to join me in discussing empathy. At the outset of COVID-19, we were all united by a common threat to our health, our livelihood, and our families. And it didn't matter if we were rich or poor, black or white, we were all under that threat, and we responded in unity. And then a week ago, we heard in the news about the senseless killing of Ahmad Arbery. And for Arnetta and Kevin, two of our Dennis artists, um, they were reminded once again that their lives as black musicians are going to be different than their white colleagues. And there are threats in society far greater to them than COVID-19. So how do we bring the empathy we learned when we were united under the same threat into the new normal where that road of shared empathy starts to split again? The situation that we're about to dive into with Arnetta and Kevin is just one of many situations that people across the world are dealing with. Regardless of race or status, there are a lot of scary situations out there that are threats to us. It is my hope as the host of This Is You that you take the advice in this episode and apply it to any colleague, family, or friend in your community that is struggling. And on that same note, I must point out that the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the author and guests of this podcast, and not necessarily to the employer and employees of Danzer Inc. and Dennis Wick Products. So let's jump over to Kevin and Arnetta, and let's go back to pre-COVID-19. So Kevin and Arnetta, as African-American musicians, what was life like for you as a musician, and and what was the threat for you then? Yeah, I think think it's hard. just being an African-American, but then also being a musician as well and having a family. Um, it's times that I've left to go to different cities or mini tours or stuff like that. And my wife is like, all in your head, you already have the thought of, hey, I want to make sure everything's good at home. When you're on the road, when you're when you're playing somewhere else, you always have that thought of, hey, I just want to make sure everything's good at home while you're out. But then as, as being African-Americans, we also have the thought, hey, I'm going to another state or another city that I don't know the demographic. I don't know. So it's just, to be honest, I wasn't surprised by it because I it's, it's my life. Like it's, it's what I've lived. It's what I went through in college. I've been discriminated against in college. I've been, dis- I went to like a PWI, which is a predominantly white institution. Um, so I was the only black trumpet major in my whole entire college career. So I know how it feels to be discriminated against. And it's just, it's good. I just, like you said, unite. It's good that you even wanted this conversation to unite us. And it's not new to me, though. I mean, and that's sad that it's not. I think it's harder now because I'm, I have a child. Like, I have a daughter. And mm-hmm. now it's it. this situation kind of brightened it up a little bit more for me. Because it's like, I could have been jogging. And my daughter could not, not just right. my, not, not just not my wife, but now I have a family to take care of. Like, 
Yeah. This guy was a little bit younger, but for me, I'm like, what if I'm at a gig and somewhere away from my wife and the gig uh-huh. gets shot up? Like, yeah. it, it's it's just more of, it's, it's, it's kind of scary. It's a scary thought. For those of you who are not aware of the details surrounding Ahmaud Arbery's shooting, the New York Times reported this story on April 26th, quote, on a Sunday afternoon in February, as Mr. Arbery ran through a suburban neighborhood of ranch houses and moss-draped oaks, he passed a man standing in his front yard who later told the police that Mr. Arbery looked like a suspect in a string of break-ins. According to a police report, the man, Gregory McMichael, 64, called out to his son, Travis McMichael, 34. They grabbed their weapons, a 357 Magnum revolver, and a shotgun, jumped into a truck, and began to follow Mr. Arbery. Stop, stop, they shouted at Mr. Arbery. We want to talk to you. Moments later, after a struggle over the shotgun, Mr. Arbery was killed, shot at least twice. End of quote. Now, I think it's important to point out that at the time of this article on April 26th, the shooters had not been arrested for the event that took place back in February. And another uh, important thing to point out is that as of today, they have been arrested and are awaiting trial. One thing, it just strikes me different because... um... I recently got into real estate, you know, a couple months ago. And my mother and I, you know, we would drive around. And the first thing we were taught to, you know, drive around, look for abandoned houses. Because um, we were getting into wholesaling, you know, get a get a abandoned house, you know, fix it up. Potentially do a fix and flip on it. Um, so, you know, you see an abandoned house, shoot, you're going to walk around on the outside a little bit. Unless there's a sign that says... You know, this is somebody's property, no trespass. And then, you know, okay, cool, stay away. But it's a thing people do all the time. It's it's ridiculous. I, it's crazy. Uh, it's, it's unthinkable. And I, I think, you know, I saw the headline earlier in the day and <laughs> I thought, man, what, what is going on? Like, I, it shocked me. And I thought, and I thought, okay, I got to read more on this because it was just a headline. Um, yeah. But to me, you know, it, it means something totally different. Like, oh, I got to find out more information. And to you, it was, you know, it's, it's a threat to you. And, yes. and I think that kind of flipped my perception on how we support each other. Like everybody who, who your colleagues are saying, oh, how do you feel about COVID-19? How do you feel about this? And yes. you are reeling from, you know, somebody who you connect with being shot in the middle of the street. Right. And, it, it just, it just, you just really saw the, saw the, the distinct difference from, well, you see it on the news like every day. Even when I watched the news this morning, um, we now have people protesting, oh, this needs to be over so that you can open up our favorite restaurants and open up our gyms. I'm like, man, how privileged can you be for that to be your biggest problem right now? Yeah. Meanwhile, we're over here like, you have some people, I felt, I, I was like 50-50 on some of the kids not being able to go to school because I'm like, some for some kids, the school is their safe haven. Now they're sitting at home and it's like, man, some people have terrible living circumstances. Um, so you have people dealing with that. Uh, you, you have the fact that with us Black people, it's like, man, even during quarantine, we go out to just do a little run and now we hear somebody got shot just to go do something that we do almost every other day. Yeah. Like, geez. So it's it's like it's like a never ending cycle. And it's like that's our biggest focus. I think so what I kinda wanna get from each of our artists in, in different situations and perspective is 
So what's the next level of support? Like we can't, we're not around each other every day. There right. are mm-hmm. major things that are happening that are getting completely overlooked just because you don't have the privilege to sit down and get and see your colleague or your friend looking really stressed out. So you can say, oh, you know, how are things going? And, you know, in the last week in a perfect scenario, how could people have supported you better as you were going through the emotional distress of what was happening yeah. in the news? Well, I think step one is, do what you did instantly reach out. Hey, I saw that this situation happened and I just wanted to talk to you about it. That like Mm -hmm. people showing that they care, showing that you care and showing some form of awareness does so much, you know, it's almost like, you know, the, just the, the basic steps. One, you have to acknowledge the situation. Step two you know, then start putting in the work towards it. So it's like having these discussions because I always have to remind a lot of my peers, I'm like, music was never simply about how good it sounded. It all stemmed from a story, period. Music in general was, it's storytelling. It's about what happened. It's about what's going on and about what's getting ready to happen. And it's always been that way. So it was one in the same. so just to merely have discussions about it so that everyone's aware that this is an issue that needs to be addressed. Yeah. I think a huge step. I, I see people that are not African-American who don't live with this fear, a reminder of something that they could be afraid of every single day. I see them saying, oh, I know exactly what they're talking about. We don't need to have another discussion, which I, you know, love to all of them. But I think that's also a sign that, you know, I don't think we can ever get tired of having a discussion about something. There's always something new to be learned. And I think that's right. important not to gloss over the, the difficult things just because they're difficult and you don't want to have to look another um, difficult situation in the face, you know, it needs to be discussed yeah. and he's, you need to ask how someone's feeling about it because I, you know, of course it's a horrible thing that happened in the news. Would I have thought to ask you personally, Arnetta, or you personally, Kevin, on how you personally felt about it. No, because I can assume you, you probably are pissed off about it. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, who, I don't know, maybe you really need to talk about it. So yeah, what, I, I totally agree with you, Arnetta. I, I think we need to be more on top of asking people, even things that are obviously upsetting. Mm-hmm. If somebody doesn't yeah, want to talk about it, it they're going to say, I don't want to talk about it. And you say, great. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it goes it goes deeper than just this discussion, though. I think one thing as musicians, it's hard. I mean, it's easy for like, if I'm having a bad day mentally or if I can't I can't really focus on something mentally or something, I'll pick up my horn and I'll play. So it's like as musicians, we're we're taught or we we found this saving grace of being able to confide in our instruments and mm-hmm. get out whatever we need to get out. Mm-hmm. But if you're playing it out, sometimes you need to still voice it out because you're just playing all these aggressions out onto your horn and uh, me and Arnetta say it all the time, like, we make, hey, we killed this, we did this, because I, I really was feeling uptight today, so I picked up my horn and I, I uh-huh. blazed through this track. But the mental aspect of it is still there, and I think that's one thing that's huge with, and it's, it's kind of a downfall with the African-American community, is that we don't know how to vocalize, we don't know how to get our thoughts out, we don't know how to actually put 
words behind the feelings that that are there. So I think, I think it's that's huge. a human condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah the I, I, I think I know how to do it, it's just yeah. yeah, but it's definitely like a yeah, thing I, because sometimes you know we go to approach to talk about it, and then it's like, man, how come us talking about an African American problem is more uncomfortable for our yeah. white, you know, yeah, yeah. So it's it's things like that, and I always related to. When it comes to situations where people had, when people do say, we're constantly talking, we're constantly talking. I'm like, but if we were talking about money, you would never say that. Yeah. Well, and (laughs) take take what's happening right now. Can you think of like, if you check in with somebody, a family member, a friend, is there any conversation that you're having with somebody on a daily basis that does not include COVID-19? About what's happening, about what you've seen. Yeah. Literally. I think think I've reached out more to my grandparents and more to like, not even knowingly that I didn't do it in the past, but because of what we're in right now, yeah. I share where everybody shares that, that they're reaching out to their family more, they're FaceTiming more, they're trying to touch their family more because they can't. Yeah. So, But it's, it's stuff, it's the impact, the, in, the, the, the result of what comes out of, you know, what happens. Like Kev just said, with COVID-19, it's, it's making you be aware man, I need to reach out to my family more. Oh, man, when this ends, I'm going to hug people and show them that I care. Translate that to social injustices. Literally. Man, Mm -hmm. when this all stops, man, we just need to treat everybody just respectfully, give right justice, and just, you know, don't discriminate, don't be racist. Boom, let's reach out to, you know, our, our other friends and make sure they're doing okay and if a situation happens let's acknowledge it because although we're we may not be affected they are so it's like that that result that comes out of that is really what's wanted yeah that's really yeah and I think now is such a great opportunity to practice that because we all have been taught how to have empathy for a certain situation we can all connect to being terrified about a virus or a, a, a sickness that's surrounding us and so it is something that we are always talking about that we are always thinking about that we are being careful that we are checking up on our loved ones to be careful about and so when we leave this yeah i think we need to take this lesson of empathy that we've learned for each other in this situation and understand Mm -hmm. that it applies to a bunch of other situations Mm -hmm. and multiple people's lives and just because you can't see what life looks like through their eyes you can ask the questions you can take the steps to support them that you learned in this time period Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Literally. Yeah. That's that's exactly it. Exactly it. Well, I appreciate you guys discussing this. Is there any other points you guys wanted to hit? Uh. No. I mean, thank you for even having this. Yeah. Talk. Thank uh, you. It really it talk. makes me feel like this is definitely a DW family. Like it's not. Yeah. You're not just a company. It's just mm-hmm. you really, really stand behind. You stand behind your artist. So we, I'm grateful to even be a part. Yeah, likewise. It is it really, really matters a whole lot, you know, to feel like the, the care aspect of it all. I, I appreciate that you, I, I appreciate that this all happened. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate guys, that you guys are willing to talk about this. It's not a comfortable situation, but I think, you know, as, as Arnett and I were talking about it, it just rang so true to me as with the musicians we play with on a daily basis, you know, you just never know what someone's going through. And now there's this suddenly a realization that it, you, your ultimate goal is to support somebody, whether through your music or through your friendship. And how do you do that better? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Because in your best efforts, you could be completely alienating somebody. 
Thanks for tuning into the Dennis Wick This Is You podcast. All these discussions are lovingly created to support our listeners on every road and intersection of their musical lives. You can get our full library of This Is You podcasts by downloading the Dennis Wick app from the App Store or Google Play. If you have any subjects you would like us to cover or questions for us, feel free to contact us through the Dennis Wick app. Have a great week, and we look forward to meeting again with you soon.